Welcome to the Company Growth Podcast. This is the Company Growth Podcast. This is Alicia Dominico. I'm your host, Alicia Dominico. Pain, a red light, is the moment when the next phase of growth is going to happen. Talk to me about how pain is a necessary part of growth when you're a CEO of a big company brand. Well, I'm going to quote Matthew McConaughey, who I have recently been listening to his new book. Have you heard of his new book? No, I haven't. It's Green, green Lights. Okay, so never did I ever think I was going to be listening to an audio book by an actor, um, not a business person, because if you look at my books and audiobooks, everything is just business people and stuff around me developing myself as a person in business. But um, Matthew McConaughey, when it comes to sales, uh, I think more salespeople should sound like him. All right, all He's right. He's got that a right. really cool, calm, like uh, enthralling voice that like puts you into a trance. And 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 so it's really great if you're in sales. You know, you could probably have a little bit of him rub off on you and you'll sound better on the phone and people enjoy talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I talk, one of the analogies he talks about with pain and growth, which I'm going to steal from him, is his book's called Green Light. And so we, we all think green lights are like, the, it's the pleasure, it's it's go, it's awesome. Like, go, you know, things are happening, we're momentum, we're growing as a person, as a company. And then all of a sudden this red light happens. And this red light is the pain. This red light makes us stop. The red light prevents us from moving forward. We hate red lights. And the thing to remember with pain, the thing to remember with a red light is what comes after a red light? Green light. And so pain, a red light, is the moment when the next phase of growth is going to happen. And um, I've done a lot of self-development with Tony Robbins and other you know, gurus in that space. And one of the things that he says a lot, which is a really great phrase to remember and think about and, and tell people if they're stuck mentally, a lot of people, when, when they feel pain, they feel like they're being held back, it's because they had this view of the world of how things were going to be. You know, they had this action plan for their business and they were like, yeah, I'm so excited to execute this business plan. And then they're punched in the face and then, then something happens they didn't expect and then they get pissed off or they have some sort of negative reaction to this event. And what's most important to remember is that all the problems that we face as a business owner, all the pain that we go through, these are all gifts calling us to grow. It's one of the things that Tony Robbins says all the time. He says, your problems are really gifts calling you to grow. And whenever you think that stuff is happening to you, you know, COVID, oh my God, that happened to me. That person quitting or happened to me. That natural disaster happened to me. Like, oh, woe is me, my bad luck. That all of a sudden Facebook's ad prices just 
skyrocketed, that that person just stole from me, that person committed fraud, that client is crazy, now causing a lot of litigious crap. All these things that have happened to me, and those are examples of things that happened to me that we can go into if you like. Um, at first, it's always like, oh, I'm a victim. It's happening to me. But really, the key is to realize that every red light leads to a green light. Problems are gifts calling you to grow. That these are the moments where change happens to allow you to get to that next moment. That in order for you to have some really great testimony, you've got to have a test. And so life is happening. All these events are actually happening for us. We just have to figure out why. And that's the first thing um, that was huge for me, for my development, is underst is seeing all these problems, seeing all these pains that happen in my business and my life as things that were happening for me. I didn't expect it. I didn't ask for it. Sure, in that moment, probably don't want it to be there. It's quite inconvenient. But there's a reason why this is happening, and it's a good thing. Yeah. I need to now ask, how is this a good thing? And then the growth happens. I think what also is so eloquently delivered by you, but what's so amazing is in that red light, green light is a concept that I always chew on, which is a pain is temporary. And then it does lead to growth, which is the whole point of the show. And it can be hard because there can be a convergence of pain points. A lot of things happening all at once. It can feel like it's a lot to come out from. It's a heavier lift to get it, to get out from underneath it. But I think stopping and realizing that it is temporary and taking the steps to fix the things you can are really empowering. And my uncle is uh, also in business and I get a lot of advice from him earlier. I got a lot of advice from him in the earlier days. And he, he would say, you know, there's pain and then there's suffering and pain can be the pain point. It's that one instance, but suffering is when you kind of stuff it in that black bag um, that John Cabot Zims calls and you carry it around with you all the time. And, and I think that that's, that's what you're talking about here, that it's an extension on what you're saying. So, I mean, you started this company with your partner, Amanda. It was, it, it was a concept that you were noticing. Um, Park Bench grew out of Amanda being a realtor and noticing that there was a gap or that one way she could start building her relationships as a new realtor was to build this online resource for her community and become well-known as, I believe, the realtor for Liberty Village in Toronto. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. And, yep you, and you sidestepped and said, well, I can build you a website. And so tell me about how you guys grew and some of these pain points that, you know, it must have been initially as a, as a startup, you would have had a lot of those. That's one of those situations where you have a lot of those things coming at you all at once. Lots of pain points, I imagine. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, so as I, as I tell my story, um, one of the things I just want to uh, add to the, you know, anyone, when you first listen to the idea of like, oh, you know, pain is temporary. If you're going through pain, you're like, oh, fuck yourself, you know, <laughs> uh, for, for guru telling me this, like, I, it's, it's not temporary. It's happening. I'm feeling it. It's not going away. <laughs> and um, it, it, everyone can remember um, a time they were injured. And then they went through rehab. And then they usually come out stronger. That's usually a thing that happens in most people's life from a health perspective. People can relate to that. It's like, I got injured, I went through rehab, and I actually ended up getting in better shape after. I got stronger. 
because I went through this whole process and actually refined some of the things I do in my life to make me healthier than I was even going into the injury. And uh, in business, it's the same thing. It actually, one, you get stronger at the end, and two, you actually get way better at going through the rehab. You get faster, you get more efficient at it. And that was something that happened. And, and it's, again, it's something that I can say that throughout all the different pains I'll, I'll talk about in business-wise, every single time we've had to recover, um, we've done it faster. We've always recovered to where we were faster than how it took to get there. And then we got past that to a new level. Um, and so the first, the first, you know, when Matt and I started this uh, business, um, well, it wasn't really a business. It was just an idea. So first it was like, okay, Amanda wanted to grow her business in our neighborhood in Toronto as a realtor. And then I had a fitness company and I wanted to grow the fitness business. And so we come up with this idea to um, market ourselves where we build this resource for the community so that we have a reason to go talk to people. Because if you have a something of value to give people and you then have a conversation starter to give them that piece of value, usually at the end, the person goes, thank you. Who are you? What do you do? And that was really all we were trying to do is have more of those kinds of conversations where people went, thank you. Who are you? What do you do? Um, and the concept was a website, a website for the neighborhood that had all this information on it, news, events, deals, businesses, schools, real estate, all this stuff, because in an, on a neighborhood level, while in Toronto where we were living, there's these amazing websites for Toronto. Blog TO is a big one. Then you got the newspapers, Toronto Star, Toronto Sun. But Toronto is just so big. Like, where's the neighborhood new newspaper? Doesn't exist. And where's the neighborhood website? There really wasn't one. Um, so that was our thing that we thought we could do for the community is create this cool website for the neighborhood, had all this cool information on it, kept people up to date, helped the local businesses promote themselves. And that was a way for us to market ourselves. And the first um, thing was we went to our friend who asked us, uh, who said he could build a website. And he was like, you know, it's probably around like 500 bucks. And we're like, 500 bucks? Like, we just, there's like two pages on this thing. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's the least I can do it for. And he goes off and tries to do it. And then he fails. And then we're like, what the hell? He's like, no, I just can't do it for 500 bucks. And then we're like, well, screw you. And then we go to somewhere else. And then person says, yeah, I think I can do this one for about like $1,500. We're like, what? This is just getting more expensive. And now time has passed. Um, the good thing about that was time had passed. So we actually got to let, let the idea percolate. We had spent more time talking to people. And even that guy failed. The next person tried it and he said we could do it for $3,000 of which Amanda and I were now so invested in the concept and knew that it was going to work that we were willing to make the increased investment even though we we're pissed off about it. Um, but that whole process allowed us to continually think through what we, what we wanted with multiple different people. And lo and behold, you know, millions of dollars of later, um, the website has, you know, we've spent to make this website. Um, going through all those iterations was the first time that we even learned about tech because we were not tech founders and here we were starting a little website and had to figure out how to work with developers and designers and all that stuff. Um, so if we had gotten frustrated, even just that early story, um, then we would have never started. 
Um, and if we were hadn't had that time to like think through the idea, then we probably would have launched something that just wouldn't have worked. And then we would have maybe stopped um, versus actually getting something out that actually did work because we had more time to talk to like the people, the community. Um, and then what happened was we launched it, it worked. And then realtors started asking us for it. And as soon as we realized how to sell these neighborhood websites to realtors, um, we said, okay, great. Now that we know how to sell these things to realtors, we know the package, you know, it costs us much per year and this is what we're going to give them. Um, let's find someone who's actually built a sales team before. We've never built a sales team before. So let's find someone who's built a sales team. And we hired this guy um, who had uh, brought Just Eat over from UK to Canada. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because it's definitely not a good story about him. Um, and uh, he, you know, you hired him and we we're all excited. And he said, okay, listen, you hired me to do sales, so I need you to stay out of it. And we're like, what? We're like, we're salespeople. Like, we're good at sales and marketing. Like, don't you want our help? Like, you know, this is our idea. And he's like, nope, if you hired me to do this job, just stay out of my office, stay out of my department. Let me hire the people I want to hire, do whatever I want to do. Just that's why you hired me. And then we're like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, this is what owners do. They, they, they delegate, they, they let go of things. All right, sure, let's, let's do that. Um, and lesson learned, you should never, as an owner, del uh, get rid of sales. I think that's a part of your company that you should never, ever get rid of. Um, some people might disagree with that, but and obviously depending on the company that you have, it might be different. But for a lot of companies out there, sales is the number one thing that matters. Money coming in to fuel the growth of the company. Um, and we learned that the hard way because we let him do whatever he wanted to do. And then he committed fraud um, and stole from us and from, from the uh, clients. Um, and so all of a sudden we found ourselves three months later having to refund everybody and our bank account went to zero. We had to fire everybody, get rid of everything and decide whether we were going to uh, get uh, a loan to get this thing back going again or just stop. You know, and, and I've heard a lot of startup founders say like, you know, how they went to zero and the business stopped. Parkbench has gone to zero three times. Our bank account has gone to zero three times. And every single time we climbed ourselves back out of that, we reached a new level of revenue and profit because it forced us to rethink what we were doing and come up with the change necessary to make sure that that thing never happened ever again. It's one of the reasons why when you, when you hear about hiring people, you actually want them to make mistakes. Because an employee who makes a mistake, who knows that that shouldn't happen, will never make that mistake ever again. Whereas a new employee, if you think, oh, person makes a mistake, fire him, let's get someone new. Well, that person doesn't know any better and that person might also make that mistake. You need your employees to make mistakes so that they never make them ever again. You as a business need to make mistakes and go through the pain of it which obviously does suck every single time, but you need to. So you even know what a mistake is. You even know what's good and what's bad. Most of us, when we start a business, don't even know what to even do. We're just figuring it out as we go, which is fine. That's what the majority of business owners do. And that means you have to then appreciate all the dilemmas and big problems and challenges and obstacles, because those are the moments where you actually make the tweaks that you need to your business to get to where you on your business plan wrote down that you wanted to get to. Um, so 
you know, that, that story with that sales manager taught us to never relinquish sales and it forced us to expand because we had to, we had to get out of Toronto because we did had a bad name because of uh, what the sales manager did. So we had to expand to other cities, which then taught us because we had no idea whether our business would work in other cities, but we were forced to go there. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, wow, this works just as well, if not better in other cities. That's amazing. And now we're like, holy sh-. And then we're like, holy shit, our business could be across Canada. We had never even thought about our business being this big. Now we're like, oh my goodness, this could be a cross Canada company. And then because of that belief, it made us then start to believe, wait a second, maybe this will work in the States too. And if it wasn't for that, we would have never had a mindset that made us think that this was going to go beyond Toronto. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I mean, to, to say that you went down, like those are some heavy red lights that you went through and you you used it as a way to propel yourselves into a, into a bigger pool to catch more fish. Yep. And, and you get better at like the speed at which we got to the revenue levels. Um, it took us um, three to six months to get to 70 grand a month. And then that fraud happened. We went to zero, took us 21 days to get to a hundred grand. Um, so, because so, we figured out what we need to change, what we need to do differently. If we're going to go in another city, oh my God, we got to start fresh again. Okay. How would we do it differently this time? Um, it, it forced us. And this is the same example with COVID. Um, with COVID, uh, two things happened to us. And again, like we've heard so many founder stories where, I was at a mastermind with some other founders of other companies and the guy was debating whether he was going to shut a company down or not. And I said, listen, the the challenge you're going through has nothing to do with whether you should shut the company down or not. Because I can tell you, if you continue to take this company forward, there's going to be some other thing that happens that's going to make you be like, oh my God, look at this horrible thing that's happened to us. Maybe we should shut shut the company down. It's a, a commitment thing. If you're in business, if you make decisions based on how you feel, you're fucked. You need to make decisions based on your commitments. What are you committed to doing? And if you're committed to making a business successful, then you will figure it out. The first time I went to zero, I figured out that the BDC is a wonderful organization that lends money to, to owners of companies. The second time we went to zero, um, we figured out um, a better sales process, a, a, a better package to sell to people that would sell faster and for more money so we could quickly recoup the money that we needed to make to pay the bills. The third time, we changed the way we um, provided, oper- like the way we operated the company. Our operating expenses were too high because we were spending too much money in these departments. And so we reconfigured what people were doing on a day-to-day, cut some things out that was really not moving the needle at all. And all of a sudden now it forced us to change the way we operate the business because we had to, because we were, run- we were bleeding money out of the business. We had to change our operations. The fourth time um, was COVID where we were going we were going to go to zero if we didn't figure this one out um and two things happened one at the start of the new year my two sales managers who had been with me for three four years um resigned um to go start their own competing company um won't say their names of that company but 
Um, if anyone learns about them, don't use them. Um, because, you know, I thought that if you're ever listening and you work for anyone, okay, your employee should want to come to you to start another business. I've helped six, uh, five people start their own company. And the ones who came to me beforehand to tell me that they wanted to do it, I helped them do it. I helped them phase out of the company. I helped them start their company. I helped them grow the company. That's usually what owners want to do for their people versus, you know, go behind their back and plan, plot and all that stuff. Um, and so, so they resigned, then proceeded to take 75% of the sales team. So now my sales team, this is pre-COVID, went from 15 to 3. And then COVID happened. And we serve real estate agents. And real estate agents were flipping out, as most people were and not spending any money on anything. So our revenue dropped 80%. Imagine being a business owner where your revenue drops 80%. Now, part of that's due to COVID, part of that's due to the fact that I, my sales team was just ripped away from me. So that was probably the hardest situation where Amanda and I were like, how is this a good thing? How is this a good thing? How is this a good thing? We're like, oh my goodness, like th th there's a reason. Like there's, and this is the mindset you have to have in these situations because lo and behold, when you ask yourself the right questions, you get the right answers. And it is tough to ask those questions when you think like there's nothing good that can happen from this. Oh, fuck these people and fuck COVID. And Ah, but if you keep asking yourself that question, your brain is trained to answer things. And most of us are smart enough to figure things out. And then what we realized from that situation was, okay, we can get rid of our office spaces because everyone on our team knows how to do their job. We don't need to spend money on this office space. We can cut all these expenses and just keep the people. And our old sales team was working this old sales model that we had a previous problem, a growing pain last year. We actually, the year prior in 2019, because this happens, anyone growing a company who spends money on Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram ads, LinkedIn ads, if you are growing your company based on any type of advertising, you will, this is not a maybe, you will at some point have that formula that you were running stop working where you were spending $1 and you were getting out two, three, four, five dollars last in 2019, we had our best year ever. And I put quotations around that best year ever from a revenue perspective. We did $6 million in revenue. We also spent way more money than we ever had before because when you try to spend more money on Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, Instagram, they will just charge you more money to get the same result. And at some point, it stops working. And it stopped working for us. And that was a huge problem of us to figure out, holy crap, if we don't figure this out, we are going to spend our way to failure. And we got to keep the growth up because we got investors, we got a board, we got, you know, targets trying to hit all this stuff. And then all of a sudden our sales team just ripped away. But that was actually a good thing because that sales team was the team who needed us to do sales that way. And so we realized that if we have no sales team anymore, we can rebuild the sales team in a completely different way. So when the people come in to work for us, they don't even understand the way we did it in the past. They only understand the way we give them. And the new way we can do it 
we can do it this way where we prospect on social media, where we um, do it through SDRs, where we don't actually spend any money on, on advertising. We just hire a bigger sales team and everyone just starts doing more prospecting, going back to the basics that grew the company and made our company profitable the first few years doing it that way. And then we did the Silicon Valley way of spending money on advertising and buying leads. It was the unprofitable way, which if you're bootstrapped like us, we don't actually have any investors, we have debt, uh, you, you can't do it that way if you can't burn your way to success like Silicon Valley startups. So um, we look at the situation and go, okay, we're going to rebuild the sales team and they're going to, because the other sales, old sales team hated the idea of, of prospecting and doing outreach on social media. The new sales team will love it because so many sales teams out there do it. Okay, that's a good thing. And we have no office space anymore, so I can actually put up job postings anywhere across Canada. And now my talent pool has just exponentially grown. Let's see what happens. And all of a sudden, we get higher quality salespeople um, who are a way better culture fit for the environment that we need them to be in, which is there's no office, you have to work from home. And because of our 80% revenue drop, we call qualified for wage subsidy. Because of our problem, some new benefit came out where I know lots of companies who are crushing it and always were crushing it and they didn't get wage subsidy. So there's, there's no different for them. Where now because of wage subsidy and because of a new sales team that I had to hire, I'm actually now um, our sales again, we climb to pre-COVID problem levels faster than we ever had before, and we're more profitable doing it. And I think you've used and that. And that solution didn't come to us. Yeah. Yeah, you use that wage subsidy to invest and build systems that, again, will ensure you, um, you know, that you're, you're going into that bigger pool, that you're doing more with what you need to uh, accomplish. Yeah. And, and all these stories, like, it... it um, the one, one of the things that uh, Amanda and I are just, and people make fun of us for it, but we're like, you guys can make fun of us. We're going to get rich doing this, uh, is, is asking ourselves all the time, how can this be a good thing? How can this be a good thing? How can this be a good thing? Every single time a problem happens or there's pain or there's an obstacle or challenge you didn't expect, you know, asking yourself, like, what else could this mean? Like, how can this be a good thing? And the answer may not come to you right away, but if you just keep asking yourself that question night in, night in, night out, day in, day out, um, the answer will come. And if you just constantly try to focus on where you're going to, and one of the things that um, is hugely helpful for Matt and I is writing things down on a daily basis. Um, even when pain's happening, like, what am I grateful for? Um, if, 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 if I think about that and write that down every single day, you know, there's always pains, but there's always things that we can be appreciative of and grateful for. Um, cause su suffering is a choice. I think as you were alluding to earlier, uh, pain is temporary. Suffering is a choice. So if you want to choose to suffer, that's your own choice. You don't have to, you can focus on what you have, focus on what you can do, look for what's good in the situation, and then just constantly focus on like, what's the result that you're trying to get? You know, and like, what do you got to do to get there? And how do you need to show up? And if you just are focused on the 
what you can do, um, that's what turns those red lights into green lights. That's what turns the these problems into gifts. And that's what allows you to rise up to greater levels than you were before that pain set in. Grant, if there was one way and thing that you wanted to be remembered for so that people introduced you that way from now on, can you do that introduction to yourself? Um, how would I want to be introduced by other people? Um, I... One of the things that, that, that uh, you know, I, I, I will never shake this. There's a good and bad part to this um, is I see the good in everybody. I see the potential in everybody. Um, and so, and I'm happy that there's, there's obviously downsides to that way of looking at life. Um, but if, if I can be remembered for helping people see the greatness in them and helping people reach their full potential um, by helping them with the systems to do it. You first got to think that you can do more and then you got to put systems in place to actually go do more. If I can be a person that helps people with that, I'd be pretty happy. <laughs>